Say, I think it's time to do it again. Yeah. Gorilla Faith. Dedrick Haddon with a head banger talking about Gorilla Faith. Man, it's your boy Kingpin, Big Drake, Made Men Radio Show. Big Drake, what's up with your boy? Oh, nothing much, man. Happy to, happy, happy, happy to be on the radio with my family, the Made Men Radio Show. Kingpin, what's up, baby? Nothing much, man. Big Drake, you on the road, getting that grind in. It's 2020, the year of a clear vision. It's about mm. to be big, boy. <laughs> no doubt. No doubt, baby. That's how we roll, man. That's how we roll. Man, look, I don't even the, – the Lord is, has been pouring so much into me coming into this year. Um, when I moved to Chattanooga, I don't remember if I told you this or not, but for whatever reason – uh, you know, I moved here in January, family moved up in June, and a couple mm-hmm. of rides on my way back in when I was coming back and forth from Augusta, you know, there was a lot of stuff that he kind of had that, that I've been thinking of or had in my spirit for a lot of years, and and for whatever reason, he just continued to tell me 2020, 2020, mm-hmm. and uh, so, man, I'm telling you, I'm looking forward to this year, um, and, and because... I think you know when we talk about 2020 vision. That's 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 quote unquote perfect vision. It's and I know you can get better. I think when you first had your surgery, you had like 2015. I didn't know you could get better till you had your surgery. <laughs> 20, 2010, sir. 2010. That's what I'm saying. Yep. But 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 on record, 2020 is perfect vision. And yes. and I think what he continued to tell me was, and I don't know if this is for somebody else or not. 2020 perfect vision for the world is being able to see be, see perfectly with your physical eyes. 
20 turning perfect vision for the Lord is being able to see perfectly through his eyes. And so the yeah. things that he's been seeing in your life that you never saw, that you didn't even know were in you, 2020 is the year those things are going to come into your view as well. And so I think yeah. that's the thing he was like, hey, all these years I've been pouring into you, I've been telling you, that, that I've been placing you and positioning you for a time when I could align your vision with my vision. And when I do that, Oh, it's going to be off the chain, man. So yeah, yeah. 2020, man, I'm excited. There's a lot of irons I have in the fire all around. And I told him when I got here, I said, look, I said, God, I'm going to go full force after everything you've put in my spirit. And yes. uh, and that's been my focus, man. I've been trying to just go at it. Um, me, I, I, I'm working low key with, with, with one of our fraternity brothers on something that I think is going to be big, real big. And hopefully mm. I'll give y'all more to come soon on uh, on that. Um, but but one of our fraternity brothers is an amazing, amazing, amazing writer. Always has mm. been. And uh, I knew that he had personally written a book about 10 years ago. And, mm -hmm. and the Lord just sent our paths back across uh, a couple years ago at our reunion. And, and me and him have, have connected with trying to get his book out of his spirit, off of his, out of his notebook and onto the shelves. And so yes. I think 2020 is going to be the year we get a chance to launch that. Uh, I want made men to take over the world, bro. Oh, yeah. I'm with it, baby. <laughs> I'm I talking about made men it. publishing. I hope, hopefully, I'm thinking about trying to have some other products come out, you know, do it, taking this bald and bid and blessed thing to another level. Like 2020, man, I want that vision to align. Um, yes, yes. And, and me and you talk all the time, you know, and it's not because of financially what I want, but it's because of what I want him, what I want to have the ability to do for mm -hmm. others. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yes. Yes. And and being able to, 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 to be blessed to be a blessing to other folks uh, is really what I want to be able to be in a position that, God, if somebody need me or needs you to work through me, I want to have everything I need to be able to do that. And I know that's a yeah. big part of your 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 passion and coaching as well. It's 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 the cornerstone of my coaching. It's everything. And you know, talking about the 2020, when I was on the phone with my wife a second ago, our my brother and I's mentor, his name is Coach David Johnson, and we was just, I was just sharing with her. And I'm like, it's crazy because Dave just got a new job, and now he was at Memphis, right? Well, he, his last job was at Tennessee. Okay, okay, didn't know he had hit Tennessee. Yeah, so so we were just talking um, about how 10 years ago, because he was he was in coaching, but he was at a job that didn't pay him well enough, he had a family, and he was trying to supplement his income. He was working at Foot Locker. So he was coaching full-time and working at Foot Locker to supplement his income. Wow. Well, now he's making $700,000 a year. <laughs> Look at you God. Know, he's the um he, he just left Tennessee, and I'm talking about weeks ago. He just left Tennessee. Technically he still lives in Tennessee, but um he got he is the new recruiting coordinator and running backs coach at Florida State. Ah, uh, so he's he joined uh Novell because he was with Novell at Memphis, right? Correct. Ah Correct. boy. Yeah, so he was there and he was one of the first hires that Novell hired. But he still wasn't paying him what he should have been paid. Right. And that's just that's just being cut uh, cut straight to the chase and dry. So he ended up getting a job because he man, he is an excellent, excellent, excellent coach and even a better person. 
So Tennessee came calling. Even Auburn came calling. But he ended up taking a job at at uh, Tennessee making uh, – I, I mean, I, coaches' salaries are public knowledge. You can go on the internet. Yeah, that's right. That's right. So he went from making like two twenty five at Memphis to making five oh five at Tennessee. Tennessee to sell. Now he's making yeah yeah six fifty or seven something like that. It's it's it's, it's crazy. It's it's great money. So a three hundred percent increase mm. <laughs> in two years. Come on, <laughs> yes, yes, and 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 that guy there, he is a giver. Even when even when he was making. You know, 200, 150 when he was at smaller schools. Like, if you with him, you with him. And he paying for everybody. And it ain't one of those things. He ain't trying like, to shine. Oh, yeah, he yeah, like, oh, he oh, oh, I got to pay. I mean, he's just like, hey, you know. Don't worry about it. I, I, I know what it's like to be in your situation. Right. So now that I have it, just make sure when you get to this spot, you do it for pay other it people for that's it. trying that's to come right. Yeah, you pay that's it right. for it. So, and, and he don't ask nobody for nothing. He don't want no nothing from anybody. He's just a giver and have a, a great, great spirit. And you're talking about a guy that's always positive. I've never been around him. And, and, and this is what I try to also portray. I don't want people around me, even if it's just for a moment, to have the thought, I wonder what's wrong with Drake today. <laughs> you know, yeah. I've never been around him and be like, what's wrong with Dave today? Always a super positive guy, even when in times you would think, okay, now it's not the time to be positive. He gonna find a silver lining, and that's just the godly, the godliness in him. Yeah, you know, he's big on his religion. He's like, man, God's gonna fix this. I ain't worried about it. And, and like, he, he ain't saying it to say it to be positive. He mean it. That's right. And and then bam, he get blessed. I, I'm telling you, man. I, I think, and, and we have we have to celebrate more stories of people. Um, and, and again, that's you know at work too. I I don't shove my faith down anybody's throat. But mm-hmm. I, I'm also a firm believer there is nothing that's going to make me deny what I believe, period. Yes. Whether you like it yes. or not, I mean, that's on you. I ain't, got, I ain't telling you to believe what I believe. I'm telling you what I believe. I'm telling you this mm-hmm. is who I believe, this is who I trust, and, and that's the reference. People come in my office and they still laugh when they look on my counter uh, with the certificate for the thing that I got. And I think I told you all about this. You know, my, my certificate that I, I spent, you know, eight months of my life in class to get, it's got my name and on a little post that I got and Jesus. And somebody yeah. came in, they laughed. They was like, it's funny. Jesus has a cert. I was like, I don't know if Jesus got a cert, but I know printers didn't have to get one without Jesus. I said, so I know that, right? I, I said I'm, I'm just making sure that no matter who I come across, uh, and that look, let me tell you, mm, thank you, Holy Spirit. I say that flaws and all. I say that with my flaws and all, because some people, I think the enemy makes you be silent about who you believe and what your faith is because of your flaws. Mm-hmm. But God is here to tell you, I love you flaws and all. Don't yeah. hide for don't hide people telling people who I am and what I am just because you're flawed. Yeah. I don't it ain't going to make them doubt me when they keep watching you. They're going to see what I do. Flaws yeah. and all, man. He loves us flaws and all. And, yes. and that's the unconditional unconditional. Um, and, and I think that's the amazing part of, uh, of the, of, of faith. And, and, and again, being able to, to be a believer. Um, yeah. and, and you know, folks, some folks stand, you know, behind, uh, 45, uh, flaws and all, uh, but he ain't God. <laughs> uh, he is not God. <laughs> he is not. <laughs> 
No, he is Just not. tell you, uh, he that wouldn't if you stand, don't stand behind the wrong one. Yes, yes. <laughs> and I tell folks all the time when I, you know, a big supporter, I really appreciated what President Obama and his family did for us as a people. Period. Um, yes. In 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 policy or not, just in image and 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 self belief. Uh, I don't think people will ever fully understand what that meant for us uh, yes. to see and get that. Folks are like, you know, he ain't do nothing for black. Poli- I ain't talking about policy. That's the problem. None of yes. that was about policy. Everything was about my belief in what we are and who we are and what we're yes. capable of doing. Um, yes. Now, I get, I align with a lot of policies too, but but I'll say this. I didn't agree with everything he believed in. No. <laughs> you know, there's some there's some topics I'm like, eh, I vote no on that one though. But I mean, look, it's my I mean, prayers you you break it out there. If I don't like it, I say no. Uh, yes. You know that that's and I think that's what gets me mistaken. That's the freedoms we have. We have the freedoms yes. to say, hey, I disagree. Yes. Not to yes. fight, not to want to cuss you out and silence you. It's just, hey, I disagree. And so if we get the vote and I get an equal vote in that this say, I disagree. I'm going to vote the way I believe. Yes, that's what a democratic uh, uh, republic is supposed to give you, uh, yes. and, and so I appreciate the, the privilege to be able to do that uh, as well, man. Um, so, man, we we've we've been off. We last time we was on, it was before the bowl season. Uh, all of the bowls have shaken out. All of the play first rounds of playoffs have shaken out. We are down to a national championship game on Saturday. Between the LSU Tigers, uh, Monday. And Monday. I'm sorry, I'm finna have folks messed up today. Saturday. Uh, yes, today. Saturday. Between the LSU Tigers, yeah, and, and the Clemson Tigers. Um, I, I I don't even want to. Big Drake, what's what's your thoughts on this the the the, the national championship game? Did we get it right? I, I just hope people remember from day one. I said everybody to watch out for this LSU team, and I you said did from the start, when, man. <laughs> when we were talking about Auburn football, I said, I'm not worried about any team because we can beat any team. The only team that scares me is LSU. You did. You was it. And I, I, I think they've shown why. And if you look back, of course, this is a majority Auburn radio show, even though we hit every other topic. Auburn played LSU the best. That's right. We're the only team that, to me, really, really had a shot to beat them. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I mean, we, we were in that thing and could have beat them. Could have beat them at <laughs> their spot. Yes. So, I'm I'm an LSU fan. I am an Ed Orgeron fan. Um, and I was talking to uh, um, a kid I was recruiting, and I was just telling him how I've only met Coach O a handful of times, but but when I met him, there's just something endearing about him. And he he just opened up the doors. He he showed me some stuff coaching wise. Um, he uplifted me. He, he you know he said, man, I just it, he he fed to my spirit. He's like, man, I see something in you. You keep learning and keep being a student in this game. You're gonna make a lot of money one day. Wow. And you know, and, and that's <laughs> it, just that little interaction. And I was the, the kid I was I was recruiting. I am recruiting. He has very high potential to be a big-time player. And something in my spirit wanted me to tell him, just speak to him about treating people right. I yeah. said, there's going to come a point in your life where people want your autograph. 
you make sure you take the time out to sign autographs. And I know you can't when, when you when you get to the vision that I see you getting to, you're not going to be able to sign every order, autograph, but give people the moment of your time and just share in the moment and be a, a human being to people. Because so many times when we reach certain levels and we famous and I'm there's this coach, I'm not going to say his name, but he's a former former um, uh, Auburn athlete. I played with this guy. And this was long ago, long ago. I was, uh, I was actually uh, still at the sheriff's office. I wasn't even thinking about coaching. Coaching, coaching wasn't even on my radar at that moment. And I ran into him. This was, was, a, was this was a time when uh, this is how long ago it was. Tuberville and that staff was still there, so I would frequent wow. there and visit. <laughs> and, and so I'm walking out, and he and he's actually walking in. I'm like, hey, hey, man, how you doing? And he big time me. He's like, hey, how you doing? Get moving. Hey man, how, yeah, I'm like, hey, how, how's everything going? Oh yeah, you know everything. But hey, I'm gonna holler at you later, man. Good to see you. I'm holler. I mean, I'm like, wow. Yeah, and, <laughs> and you know, of course, I remember this to this day. And we always talk about people will forget what you do for them, but they'll never forget how you make them feel. That's right. And I'm and I'm like, oh, so you that dude now? Yeah. And like, I remember <laughs> when we was on this team together, you wouldn't that dude, but all of a sudden. Because the job that you have now, you're that dude. So, Ricky Smiler has this thing in his studio that says, "You big timing now." But I remember when your whole family used to smell like pee. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah man, yeah. So, and we often talk about that about a a, a certain fraternity. Uh, what two other fraternities? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah you got them yeah. letters on your chest, and now all of a sudden you be like, "Dude, for real?" Like, no, that's not yeah. who you are. And I, I, I ran into him. I'm headed to the to the coaching convention. Just, you know, we took, everybody knows I'm on the road, but I'm headed to the coaching convention in Nashville. And it's a convention I go to every year. And, you know, pro – I mean, every level of coaching is there from professional all the way down to high school. And, you know, it's networking. People get jobs at this convention. And uh, you, you pick up different skills and knowledge. I mean, and it's a fraternity. You, you go and you see other coaches, and it's good to, to catch up with – uh, coaches that I haven't seen in a while. For one, Coach Johnson, I hadn't seen him in a while. He's been in Tennessee. Um, I'm, I'm headed to meet him and my brother now. Like I said, he's he, not ain't no kind of. He's our mentor, and, and he's really like a second father figure to my brother. So I really appreciate everything he's done for my brother. Right. And uh, when when they were in Memphis on staff together, my brother wouldn't make it that much money. He lived with him, and that's the type of guy he is. He just right. opened up his, his arms, but. I ran into the same guy last year at the convention and we spoke for a moment and, and he, 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 friend, you know me. Yeah. <laughs> and anybody that know me know, I like, I don't ask anybody for anything. That's right. And he, he said, Hey man, um, I can help you with this. I help, I can help you get this hookup. If, if you're interested in it, I'm like, and, and what he was talking about was something I was very interested in so i'm like man that would be awesome what do i need to do he said uh you know in a couple weeks he, he gave me his number he said because he had a new number he said contact me and i'll set it up of course i contacted him and i hadn't heard back <laughs> now again let's be clear you didn't approach him he talking to you about setting you up for something correct and then correct. ghost you correct and, and, and like like, why would you even do that? Like, like if you weren't going to do it for real, don't say that. All you had to do was dap me up, 
Hey, how you doing? Everything cool? How's the fam? My, yeah, and then go on about your business. Do me like you did me the first time. Hey, man, I got somewhere right. to go. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you, you're busy. I get it, I get it. So, because uh, even then, when, when he offered it to me, I'm like, hey, man, if you got a moment while we're here, I would actually like to have a moment, talk a little football with you. Just talk ball, talk different concepts, and blase, blase. Oh, yeah, no problem. Let's do that. Let's do that. Let's catch back up. Because we sat there for a good little moment and just chopped it up for a minute. So I thought things had changed. He, he sees now I'm in the coaching realm. Okay, bam. So I hit him up later that night or the next day, and, oh, man, I ain't going to be able to. Cool, I get it. No problem. And then that was the last time I talked to him. <laughs> You said it, man. You, people have never made they, they will always remember how you made them feel. And yes. uh like, like I say, if 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 you weren't gonna do nothing, why you even say so? Like yeah. I was good, I wasn't sweating you. You had to no. say nothing to me about it. <laughs> you know me, I don't I don't sweat nobody. That's right. I don't I, I, don't, I don't care who I, I, you know, Michael Jordan can come in the room me. and you ain't gonna sweat him, Drake. I'm gonna see hey yeah, but I ain't gonna be I mean, I'm just, that's just not me. Yeah, I'm going to dab him up, but that's it. <laughs> yeah, so I just I, I just try to also remember. So also, I had a great conversation with a high school head coach. Uh, he's he's, a, he's a, a, a good head coach, and he's won some state championships, and he's probably getting ready to soar even higher. And we were sharing some things and, and talking beyond football, and he, he was like, uh, don't take this the wrong way, but man, I mean, you, you you seem like so much more than a JUCO college coach. And I said, well, I am, and I do have aspirations that God is going to bless me with, but it's not it's not my season, it's not my time. See, I have to use the gift that He's given me now. Right. So the gift that He's given me, I got to use it to its full potential. And I can't say, well, I'm gonna wait till I get to D1. I'm going to wait till I get in the SEC. I'm going to wait till I get to the league. I got to use those gifts now because he has other gifts prepared for me that I'm not ready to receive, but it's still my gift. I just, it just has to be in the right time. He's like, yeah, I like what you're saying, but what, what do you mean? I say, okay, I have this gold watch. And if I've said this analogy before, I apologize, but just bear with me. I say, I have this gold watch that I wear. I love it. I don't wear it that often. I wear it when I dress up and so forth, but one day, I'm going to gift this watch to my son, but my son is four, so I already have this gift for him that he can receive, but he's not ready to receive it now. So we still have to go on our journey, because if I gave a four-year-old a gold watch, what do you think he's going to do with it? <laughs> right. Put it in his mouth. Pawn it for a toy. Exactly. It'll probably be broken in a day. It's the same thing with God. God has these gifts, even though he's already blessed us with gifts, and I'm using his gifts, but he still has more to bless me with, but I have to be able to receive it. So I got to continue to do what I do and use my gift and, and still empower equipment and tool people that I come in contact with, whether they're players, students, coaches, co-workers, friends, anybody I come in contact with, I still got to be able to pour into them because one day he's still going to give me my goal why, so I can equip and empower other people. And it's still, but and when I was explaining it to him, I say, it's, you know, people have this misconception. I had a, a conversation with my brother just a couple of days ago. You know, people get the misconception about being a Christian wrong. And this is just my belief. If you disagree, we can talk about it and <laughs> we can go for it. But 
Like people think that their works are go- is, is what's going to get them in heaven. Like and I hear people all the time, well, this is what God wants me to do. This is the Christian thing. Like if it hadn't started in your heart first, then it's useless. It's a waste. God does want us to treat people a certain way, but he doesn't want us to do it because it's what he wants. He wants us to do it because it's what's in our heart. And once it's in our heart, that means our relationship with God is one-on-one. That's where the personal relationship with God starts. It starts in our heart. So when I'm doing all these things, I'm not doing it to say, well, I'm doing it because this is what God wants me to do and he's going to bless me. I'm doing it because it's in my heart, because I do have a personal relationship with God. And because it starts in my heart, that's when I'm going to receive my extra gifts through God. Because the flip side is you can have a person with all works and no faith and he, hell is still your home. Exactly. <laughs> you can be doing it all. And if you ain't got if you don't have a belief. The, the belief is what gave you the salvation. It ain't Correct. the works. So I, was, I was talking in it. I was talking to one of my players, and, this, and I've said this a million times. This, this is why I'm here. I was talking to one of my players, and he had a situation. I said the human thing in us is we try to fix it, yep. but the first thing we got to do is we got to give it to God. That has to be the first thing, but we don't do that. We try to do this. We try to take that route. We try to go this way, and when it doesn't work, then we try to give it to God. And want him to come in the 12th hour and save things, which he will. But our first thing, we have to give it to God to begin with. We have to give it to him. So I talked about him praying. I said, do you pray? He says, yes. I said, well, I can just tell by our conversation and, and where this is going. Do you believe your prayer? And he said, oh, coach, you got me. I said, I know that that, that that is the problem. I said, when you have these prayers, you have to have the belief behind the prayer that it's going to come to fruition, that God is going to bless us to do what he already has shown us the way and showed us the path to do. But we have to believe it. If we pray and ask him for things and we don't believe it, then they fall on deaf ears. And, and let me let me let me challenge you even this far, Drake. Mm-hmm. I would even ask him. Why don't you believe what you prayed then? Mm-hmm. Because yes. here's what I've seen. My belief in my prayers grew as my trust and belief in God grew. The more mm-hmm. I allowed God, the more I opened up and the closer I got, the more he showed me where he was all the time. Mm-hmm. And as he showed me where he had been all the time, I started to believe he was going to be there in the future. Mm-hmm. So the more my relationship grew, the more time I spent with him, he'd show me, oh, hey, you remember last week when, you know, this, that, and the other didn't happen or this, that, and the other happened and you end up here? Remember you talked to that person right there? Hey, I had to I had to intervene to put you there. I need to do this for them, so I made all this other stuff get you right there. As I saw, the, as he showed me, continued to show me in life, the positioning and how he was always playing it out. Mm-hmm. Well, that made me every time I started to pray, I started mm-hmm. my faith started growing more that, oh, I'm just in a position. He's just playing the part. Yes. Oh, oh, I remember now this looks similar to about a couple years ago. And I remember mm-hmm. how that played out. Oh, yes. Yeah, so I'm going to pray this thing. I already know this going to work out. My faith mm-hmm. started to grow because my as my relationship grew, it's kind of like. Um, so when you meet somebody, you don't tell them everything about you. Correct. But as your relationship deepens, so I got stuff I can call you right now 
without a hesitation. We ain't got to lead up to it or nothing. Be like, hey, I need to talk. Boom, yeah. boom, 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 boom. You ain't gonna be. You may be shocked. I don't know. But <laughs> for the most <laughs> I, part, <laughs> for the most part, you like. I bet our relationship has gotten to a point to where we ain't gotta have no small talk. If it's a some mm-hmm. call, you pick up. Hey, you got a sec. Boom. Here, here, here's the problem. Let me go and get it to you right now. Mm-hmm. Our relationship is deep enough that anytime I need to to show you anything or tell you anything, I can do it without any hesitation at all. God wants to build that same level of relationship with us that anytime he calls us, anytime you and him talking, he want to be able to, and I see this image of him just kind of putting me under his arms and us walking and and him pointing out stuff. So he wants to put his arms around you, walk back through the last two years, the last three years, the last 10 years of your life and point out stuff. Because yeah. when he points those things out, it's going to reinforce to you just who he is. Yeah. And so so my challenge also to that young man was like, hey, so why don't you believe? I mean, why don't you believe what you're praying? And I think if you, dev- if you build your relationship stronger, you spend more time, he'll build up your belief in him because he's going to mm-hmm. show you what he's already done. Yes. I think many of us don't even see the stuff God has already done in our lives. I, I, I totally agree <laughs> on, on this drive. And that, that's one thing. I, I don't mind being on the road long distance. You no. know, I don't like driving, yeah. but long distance, I don't mind. And I was just sitting here um, before I got on the phone with my wife and, and everything. I'm, I'm I'm like, thank you, man. Thank you, God. Yes. Like, I, I'm a college football coach. Yeah. I remember just a few years ago, <laughs> I was going to this to this convention. Uh. You know, I was, a, I was a, a high school coach. I was still at the sheriff's office. And, and I had people tell me because sometimes the devil will use people Mm. first of all they don't even know they're being used but they will use people that he knows you will listen to because of the rank and title that they hold and it was a good dude a dude that has helped me but in the beginning he was like man i just don't think it's gonna happen and i'm like why not well xyz because it is you know you, you hadn't ga you hadn't done this you're getting in it late blah 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 and immediately, the, the Lord said, don't listen to him. That's the devil using him because the devil is trying to use this guy's title and his statute to, to, to get you stick, out of my plane. Neck. Yeah. <laughs> so just, just stay the course. Don't, don't worry about what he said. And it was, I mean, I li- yeah, uh-huh. And went in one end, out the other. And like I said, this is a good dude because he's helped me since. Yeah, boy. But it, it's, it's like it, it, it didn't even phase me. And, and now look where I am. I mean, am I the D-line coach of the New Orleans Saints? No. But look at the blessings he's bestowed upon me. Look at the gifts he's given me. Look how he continues to pour in me. I'm a college coach. That's crazy. Nobody nobody would look (laughs) – nobody could look back and and believe what you've done. It it doesn't follow – here's why. It doesn't follow the plan that man has said this has to go. Correct. Correct. It doesn't follow the, the, the path that man has said. This is a, the, Oh, this is the way you have to go through if you want to get to that spot. Yes, no, yes. that's the way you had to go through if you wanted to get to that spot. The Correct. great thing about the relationship I have is he's able to circumvent every plan ever created. Yes. <laughs> because I've seen God put people in position. You'd be like, how did they get there? Yes. Yes. All, sometimes like man that's just god i i can't even i told i tell folks all the time you know my wife being at home 
And some folks envy that. And she's quick to tell you, you don't know what I go through. So don't envy this because you don't know that this is what you want. She's like, it, it, there's been some really tough days. There's not, this is not something we quote unquote chose to do. Um, yes. but it, it, it ended up happening and, and we are yeah. where we are. And I was telling folks, I was like, man, it was like, it wasn't number about five, six years ago. Now she's been at home now for Zach's going on 12. So 11 and a half years. Mm-hmm. It was just like five or six years ago before on paper, our budget mm-hmm. was in the black. Yeah. The first seven years of her being at the house, our budget was in the red. I can't tell yeah. you how we made it. It, yeah. I, I can't tell you. It doesn't. It doesn't make logical sense whatsoever. The math doesn't work. <laughs> the the numbers don't add up. The mm-hmm. accounts don't balance out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But nothing stayed turned off. <laughs> I yeah. always say it like that. Nothing stayed turned off. <laughs> this couple yeah. days got cut off, but we got it back on for the nightfall. Yeah. Nothing yeah. stayed turned off, and we never missed a meal. Not only that, I'll go this far. We never changed the lifestyle. It, yeah. You know, we've traveled, uh, my kid, you know, we're blessed to be able to travel every week. I mean, every summer. Uh, I mean, we've still been able to live a really nice life. Um, yes. And, and, and I, I don't, I don't take credit for that, man. It's, it's, it's God, it's favor. Um, and, and, and I just like to walk in that, man. So, yes. and, and I, I, I even say, man, now, and, and here's the crazy part about this national championship. Now, again, he done rubbed us the wrong way before and that's because of the the bammer in him uh yeah <laughs> but 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 in his heart man that that dabo dude is a good dude man like he's he a really good is. dude like he really is. like i i the parts of me that can't stand him i just can't stand that no matter what he is still a bammer and and there's a parts of that <laughs> that he said in the past that i ain't let go of but <laughs> but if i just equate character and who he is that dude's a good dude you got yeah. two. The amazing thing for me is you have a national championship with two guys that on paper should not be where they are. Yeah. They shouldn't yeah. be there. Right. And I, you know what? Nobody's talking about that is that you yeah. have two men. You have one man that fell from grace and that his humility in his flaws, the Lord yeah. has restored him. Yes. And that, and that's El Orgeron. And then you got Dabo who just again on the outside it appears he just he's all he's never been from 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 winner to loser. I mean from loser to winner, he's always given God the glory at everything he's ever done. Every yes. time. If a mic in his yes. face, he's gonna get God the glory. He's just always been devout about who he was and that who he was was always gonna be enough for him, yes. whether it meant winning or not. Yes. That he was never going to change who he was. And so for me, I, I'm amazed to watch this championship game, two great football teams, but more importantly, I'm a, I'm amazed to watch two great men lead two legions of young men on the football field, and one of them will come out victorious. Yes. It's an awesome story. And I don't think there's enough of that talked about it in, in around yeah. sports. And we do this every time, Kingpin. You asked me about the game, and we got into That's right. I was like, we were talking about the game, but it hadn't got there. It's okay. Yeah, yeah, this is our yeah, show. We, 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 we bring it back. We bring it back. <laughs> but, but to originally answer your question, I think it's going to be a, a really good matchup. On the end, I think LSU is going to have too much offense. I do, too. For Clemson. 
I think they got too much offense, and I think their top, their back end of their defense is enough to 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 make sure that their offense stays up. Correct. And I don't think the top back end the Clemson's defense can keep LSU from scoring. Correct, yes. Because nobody has stopped LSU from scoring. Nobody the stopped. The team that did it was, Auburn. was Auburn, and we, we, I mean, we didn't stop them from scoring. They, they still put 28 up on us. Was it 27, yeah. 28, 21, 28 or something like that? Something like that. Yeah. So, again, you're right. Nobody stopped them all season from scoring. Mm-hmm. Uh, and nope. Clemson's defense not amazing – they're strong up front. Their linebackers are solid. They probably got a top top five, top ten pick in that inside linebacker in Simmons. Um, mm-hmm. So, I mean, they got a solid front seven. But I think the back end of their defense, and you saw that against the Ohio State game, I mean, at the front, you know, starting that game, Ohio State was able to take top off, top off defense a couple times. Yes. And the times when they didn't and the times they scored with Etienne and even some of the long runs with uh, Lawrence – was because he found the sliver in the front seven and the mm-hmm. backside had overcommitted. And so yeah. if, if you overstep, all he needs is, is a half a jack and he out. Yeah. And I think LSU's going to kind of probably do that consistently. Um, and hey, that's, man, I think it's going to be tough. I've gone back and watched that Clemson-Ohio State game again. and I, Like, Ohio State has so many chances to really – close the door and seal the victory. Oh, they gave it but away. It, it all turned like, you know, old Mo, when you get that momentum on your side, Mo, old Mo, he, he'll change sides on you. Know, he do. He, he's, he's, he's unfaithful. That, <laughs> that, uh, that late hit on the quarterback. That uh, targeting penalty. It changed everything. It did. It seemed and like Lawrence, Lawrence's uh, flips, switch flip when he got hit. Yeah, it, it really was because it was a third down. It was it was an incomplete pass or something. So it was going to be a fourth they, down. They're going to have to punt. They, yes, they were going to have to punt. And then on that drive, they ended up scoring. And it was all she wrote. He never turned it changed. back. It, yeah, it changed, man. I mean, they were up 16 nothing, but had several opportunities offensively to, to really go ahead and really shut the door closed because I think sometimes people don't understand – you only really get a handful of possessions a game. We're talking between eight to ten possessions a game. That's all you get. So every possession is vital. And when you don't, when the other team has so many points, well, you know, well, I'm, I'm, you know, statistically, it's the second half, so I'm probably only going to get four to five possessions. Even if I score every time, it's still not going to be enough to win this game. Exactly. But I saw you say that, and we were talking about them too. I saw a stat that said this season the Baltimore Ravens have scored 65% of the time on their first three drives. Mm-hmm. Yeah. First three drives, I'm scoring three drives, <laughs> 65% of the time. It was like, so most teams are always playing from behind when you're playing yes. them. Yes. And the way they run the, run the ball and control the football, after you get behind, that's a wrap. <laughs> oh. They ain't oh. letting you get back in there. No. No, you're right, man. I think Ohio State had a strong team. Uh and, and but you know what? We've seen that in Ohio State. And I guess people can say they saw that in Clemson early on. I think they shored that up toward the end of the season. But we saw that consistently, I thought, with Ohio State. They blew out a lot of people, but it'd be like the Wisconsin game. That first half, you was like, who is this team? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like they didn't even show up. 
Yeah. And Wisconsin's just, uh, you know, a plotting enough team that they would not put up 40 or 50 points. You not show up. You look and see what Oklahoma happened the first half when they didn't show up against LSU. Yeah. You almost got 70 hung on you in the first half. Yeah. You ain't yeah, coming back from that quick. one. <laughs> no, no. That now, real quick. Yeah, you get a team like Wisconsin, they put 14-21 up on you in the first half when you don't show up. You can recover from that. Yeah. But but LSU, nah, bro. So, I, you know, I'll tell Clemson this. I'm going to tell Dabo this. The most important portion of the game is probably them first four possessions. Mm-hmm. If they yep. get down – I don't know. Well, we know had nobody come from behind to beat them because they ain't been beat. I don't know if LSU has trailed at any game at halftime this season. I don't know. I wish. I wish I had. I wish I had the money to have all the stats. Like, <laughs> well, I, I wish the stat dude was still in I, I, Yeah, I wish. I wish, right we, I wish we had. <laughs> hey, go 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 find that out, for me real quick. But but I think, like I said, that that's going to be. A, I don't. I don't know that there's been any game this season where they've been down at half. So, so again, that tells you they hop out there, and uh, and and man, you they're gonna put that they're gonna put that that pedal to the metal the whole time on, yeah. on almost everybody. Yes, yes. I mean, they are a well put together team, and offensively, they have a great offensive line. They have great running backs. They got great wide receivers. And the quarterback is the Heisman Trophy winner. That's so, right. <laughs> what else? That, that, yeah, their offense is almost unstoppable. It, it really is. I, I was I was peeking real quick. There's only a couple games where it could have been uh, even possible. Um, nope, that wasn't that one either. I, I'm looking, brother. I think there's only one game that they was even tied at halftime. That might have been the Florida game, maybe? There's two games they were tied at halftime. Hmm. Florida and Auburn. Mm. Every wow. other game, they had put that smoke in the city out early. Yeah. Now they let some folks, some folks, you know, I, I think when they 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 rest on their laws a little bit after halftime, there's a couple of teams that that made it back interesting. Uh, yeah. But, but they put yeah. that smoke in the city uh, uh, against almost everybody uh, by the yeah. by halftime. So Clemson, it almost happened against uh, Ole Miss. You know, they went up big on Ole Miss. It's like they fell asleep for a little while, and then they're like, "Okay, all right, let's oh yeah, go let's ahead finish on the win. <laughs> yeah, let's go ahead on the win." Look, look like in the back of them at halftime, they here finish him. <laughs> yeah, fourth quarter drive. Yeah. So I, I think it's gonna be. I'm, I'm with you. I think it's gonna be a good, very good game. I don't think it'll be Oklahoma, uh, the Oklahoma game again. Uh, no. I, 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 I'm. That was, being, being a Jalen Hurts fan, that was painful to watch. It was, man. I mean, I, I was like, Ew. he got thrashed. I mean, it wasn't it even, was it wasn't even, it wasn't even close, brother. Uh, Jay, <laughs> Jay, it was. Look, it it was they, two completely they had their different best leagues. Chance, they had their best chance during pregame warmups. <laughs> and I and that was slim. That was slim. <laughs> like, um, and I love, I love being able to, you know, DVR a game, and really. Like, Take your okay, time. like I, I, you know, I've already watched it, so I, I know the outcome. And like, so I watched that that game twice as well too. And you know, all the 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 pregame interviews and emotions and the coaches and the fans, and they're so excited. 
And I'm like, it's not gonna last long. Cause you know, you, you know, the, in, in a sense, you know the future. You're like, oh yeah. I mean, y'all happy now, but this is gonna be very, very short lived. This is not gonna live. This is. Nah, it's not gonna. Hey, and then so and then you gotta add in the fact for this one, LSU playing at the crib. Yeah, and but the, you know the last time they played at the crib, they didn't fare so well. Is that the time they played Bama? It is. Yeah, because at the time, ain't that the time when the Alabama dude put his testicular yes. fortitude on the LSU yes. player at the Crystals? Yes. I yes. do remember that. Yeah, that didn't that didn't turn out in their favor. <laughs> was it the, the Alabama dude or was it the LSU dude that did it to Alabama? No, it was the Alabama dude did it to the LSU dude. Oh, oh my I'm pretty confident it was, yeah. Because I went past that spot and took a picture there. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but, but I, you know, I, I was talking to another coach. And I apologize, fan. I'm, you know, I, I do believe in privacy. I'm not going to say this coach's name. But we were talking about LSU, and it, it was it was it made me think, and you know it made me think about my brother. So this coach and I were talking, and he was saying, "Now look, look at LSU, man. Think about it. They pretty much have the same coaching staff that they had when they fired Les, and look where they at." <clears throat> and I'm like, you're right. Really, the only thing that's changed is the offensive coordinator. They kept everybody else for the most part. But so that, the offensive coordinator that, was a lot. <laughs> the offensive coordinator was a lot. Was a lot. Uh, was a lot. Oh, oh it, was, it was huge. Yeah, it, it was huge. If Les would have just huge. made that change. <laughs> and, and that's the thing. It, it makes me think about my brother's team because if I look at the scores – you know, they, they had a, a couple outbursts here and there. You know, they almost beat Texas. They put up some points, I think, against Oklahoma. But, I mean, they lost to Coastal Carolina. I mean, they, they only scored 12 points. They lost like 12-15. And throughout the year, the the offense was inconsistent. Hence, that's why they ended up finding their offensive coordinator midway through the season. So, but it's, it's still, you know, less as – Les still has his stamp on the offense to some degree. Right. And if he was open to change, and, I, and he fired the, 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 the OC this year and bought him a guy that's more spread, so he's trying to change. But I'm thinking if, if he was more able to change back then, he probably would still be at LSU. Yeah, and because the talent's always been at LSU. Oh, I mean, LSU's and, never lacked for talent. No, ever. <laughs> yeah, they, they never will. And uh, now I'll tell you one thing they showed. I was looking, sitting there looking at the stats. Now, on paper, now, again, these two teams didn't play in the same level of competition week in and week out. But LSU, you know, their defense, uh, so both teams are averaging right at uh, – Clemson's averaging 538 point, uh, yards per game. LSU averaging 564. So that's kind of tick for tack. Yeah. Clemson's averaging 45 points a game. LSU's averaging 49 points a game. That's tick for tack. Clemson's giving up 10 points a game. LSU's giving up 21 points a game. Mm. Now, again, man, you talk, if you look back over the scores, 14 of them 21 points has been been garbage on the back end. I mean, it's, it's been the, the second and third string. It's been second and third string, second and third quarter, I mean, third and fourth quarter when they're giving up them points. But nonetheless, Correct. the defense have given those up. 
LA yes. Clemson's averaging only 244 yards allowed. LSU's averaging 341 yards allowed. But again, too, you also got to weigh in the level of competition these two teams play. You do. LSU, LSU's, you know, they, they played the Oklahoma, Georgia, Bama, Auburn, Ole Miss, Mississippi State. Clemson played, you know, uh, Virginia, South Carolina, well, Wake Forest. Well, before, before the Ohio State game, Clemson's toughest matchup was against North Carolina. It was. Yeah. All, all season long. Um, yeah. Well, hold on. They played Texas A&M at the start of the season. Okay. They okay. had that Texas A&M game. But after yeah. that, it was all cupcakes. Now, again, yeah. that's not their fault. The ACC been soft. You know I mean? It's, it's a basketball conference. It is. I say been, though, because I, I do think the ties are turning for some of the hires that they've made. Um, well, in particular, I think Florida State's going to come up. Uh, I, I, yeah. I do. I, I think Norville's a good coach. I think Florida State's another one of those places. Florida doesn't lack for talent, and it can support three to four no. schools worth of talent. Yeah, and I thought for the longest I've been saying that Norvell was going to go to to uh, to Auburn, uh, but the Auburn job wasn't open. And uh, you said, and I agree with you, that if it ever gets to that point, it'll probably be the guy from from uh, Minnesota, the guy that just beat us in the boat. That's right. Yeah, the the our next coach was on the same field with our team. He was just on the other sideline uh, in the ball game. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I, for yeah. one, to be excited about it. I'm good with that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm good with that because the way that team manhandled us uh, in that bowl game tells me why he needs to be my next coach. And the way he handles yeah. himself and carries himself as well. <clears throat> yeah. So I mean I, it's Minnesota. He got to win it. It's I know Minnesota. Brother. Who go who decides to go to Minnesota? Minnesota. Must be PJ Fleck, man. <laughs> Gotta be for PJ Fleck. So you taking LSU, Austin. man? Oh. What? How, how, I'm how, taking LSU. How, how many? You you think it's close? Is it less than a touchdown? LSU by ten. Woo! Ooh, LSU by ten. Mm-hmm. Yes. I, I, I'm I'm taking LSU, and I, I'm I'm gonna go tighter, Drake. I'm gonna say. It's somewhere between three and seven. Okay. I think it's going to be tight. And, and here's what I give. I, I, want, I want this to seek into our listeners. Trevor Lawrence, the last time Trevor Lawrence lost a football game was his junior year in high school. Yeah. <laughs> the last yeah. time this kid lost. Uh, so I think, I, think Dabo, I think Dabo's experience at being here on this stage Trevor's experience at being here on this stage, I think that gives them an extra three points, three or three or four points, uh, and, yeah. and I think it's gonna be be, be tight on that. Um, yeah. So look, before we before we leave college and hit into this NFL talk, what's your thoughts on the two hires uh, in the state of Mississippi uh, for 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 the SEC teams, Ole Miss and, and Mississippi State? I think they're good hires, man. Well, I, well. Yeah, 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 yeah. I think they're good hires. I really do. I, I think that the state of Mississippi just got a lot more entertaining. Yeah. <laughs> I'll say that. Because they – I think Mississippi State had to come with fire. Moorhead – well, now, again, there's this incident that's supposed to happen with the co- the quarterback. Um, Ain't no supposed to happen. That happened. Yeah, that, well, yeah, that's how he lost the team. Uh, yeah. Beside that event <laughs> – 
I think Mississippi State's Ole Miss's hire of Lane Kiffin further made Mississippi State have to go do something different. I agree. I think I think the West just man. I mean, outside of one school, I think the West has the best collection of coaches in all what of school, college football. What school would you say? I mean, what school would you say that the, it it doesn't have a good coach? Auburn. <laughs> Oh. <laughs> you dirty little uh, uh, uh. I'm sorry, Auburn. That's, that's only, only one I'm talking about. That's only one I'm talking can you about. can you pull up the West coaches right quick and, no, and share so, that with the listeners? So I think we know all of them. So we'll run down through it. All right. So LSU has Orgeron. Bama has Saban. Auburn has Gus Malzahn. Texas A&M has uh, old buddy from Florida State. Yeah, I can't think of his name. He, he once coached at Auburn, so yeah. I don't know why I can't think. Um, dang, I can't think of his name. So, but again, top top tier coach. Mississippi State now has uh, the Pirate. Uh, old Miss. Why do you call him the Pirate? That's what he called himself. I forgot why they called him a pirate. Like, there was one press conference. He talked like a pirate the whole press conference, I think, or something like that. He's funny now. He is. is He is hilarious, man. So, they got the pirate. Ole Miss has Lane Kiffin. Uh, Arkansas be the only school. In all honesty, though, for real, Arkansas is the only school that doesn't have a a top-tier coach. Yeah, yeah. And and he's just yet to be proven. Who knows? Two years from down the line, we might be singing his praises. Right, right. Uh, Pittman, but I, I have no clue who he is. Um, I, I mean, I have I have no clue anything about him. Um, you know, he's the former O line coach from Georgia. Yeah. So so again, you got you got an O line coach. I just I'm I'm sorry. Uh, I, <laughs> it's hard for me to. Um, it, I don't know. It's just it's hard for me to. I don't see how people are hiring O line coaches. Um, well, I don't. You hired a D line coach. I know, but I I don't. Clemson hired a wide receiver coach. True. True, true. I get. I get. If you can it's coach, not you can about coach. The title. Yeah, it's you not true. About the title. True, 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 true. Because uh, people have hired a lot of coordinators that are not very good head coaches. <laughs> you are so right about that, uh, Gene. Uh, th- there's, there's a lot of them out there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, I, man, I can't even. I'm still trying to look to confirm what the Texas A&M coach. Jimbo Fisher, uh, golly, Jimbo Fisher, my Jimbo good, Fisher. Yeah. So Jimbo again, Fisher. you talk you talk about one league, one division that has uh, how many how many how many we name right there? One, two, three, four, five, six. That has six coaches that realistically could go any conference and catapult to the top to for the top job there. Yeah, yeah. I mean, because again, we give say we give Malzahn all kinds of heck. If Malzahn was not in the same state as Saban, or not in the SEC, I if my if if Malzahn was the head coach of Michigan, I think mm-hmm. Malzahn would be contending for a Big Twelve championship every year. Yes, yes. He was at the Pac twelve. I think he'd be contending for a college playoff job every year, college playoff yeah. position every year. I think it's the Saban effect for us. Of of what he's up against, uh, and, and just how how tough that job he has is. 
Correct. I agree. The Auburn job ain't an easy job. It's not. By no means. No. So, yeah, I think, the to me, I think the West has the best collection of head coaches in all of college football. I'm going to second that. <laughs> I'm going to go out and say I think our half has better than every other league in college football. <laughs> I, I, I will second that. <laughs> so, listeners, if anybody disagrees, uh, shout us out on on, on Instagram, uh, Made Me a Radio Show, and tell us tell us why. We're gonna post this one. Uh, I may even put this question out there when I post this show, uh, yes. and, and just see what everybody else think. Um, but but man, I think I, I think again with the with the addition of Lane Kiffin uh, and, and the Pirate. Um, and, and now I can't even think of the Pirates' uh, real name uh, as well. Mike, Mike Leach. Mike Leach. With the addition of Mike Leach to the league, man. I Now, I will say this. The, they, and they haven't released it. It'll come out soon. Unless you backed up the Brinks truck, I don't know that if I'm Mike Leach, I would have left. I think there's a certain degree that is this like college you, coaches jumping to the NFL because they got to try it at the, at the highest level? To some degree, I, I, you I think, think so. So I was talking to another coach, and once again, I'm not gonna say their name. They were they were at a school, and him and I were talking, and he was like, "Man, I, I just it, it, it was a good good job. Um, that staff and him probably could have stayed there for a very long time. They've been there for a good while, and and eight nine wins is is they popping champagne bottles, but there comes a point. He said, you know, with recruiting and everything, when I get a kid, he's also a D line coach. When I get a kid, I have to groom him and coach him up to be what he is by his junior and senior year for him to get drafted. And he's not by no means saying, "Well, it's me that's getting this kid." He's not saying that. He's just saying. He's not getting top tier athletes. He's not playing with the same. He's starting out with the same stuff. Yeah. No, he he ain't getting the athletes LSU and and Alabama get. So his guys to be effective is taking that third and fourth year. Well, a lot of your Auburn, LSU, Alabama, and Georgia and Florida guys. You got the first two years approved. They they can play. Yeah, you either pop it in the first two years or you're going to get buried on the bench. Correct. Correct. So he like, I just want to go somewhere where I have a shot to win now and to be competitive now so I, I do understand that at washington state it that just wasn't gonna happen no you're right his quarterbacks again you know third and fourth years when they got his money mm-hmm. yeah and 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 again i think at mississippi state again the state of mississippi just got very uh interesting to me yes because you put two very high profile unconventional coaches in the same state, vying for the same talent. Uh, I am interested to see how successful Mike Leach is going to be in recruiting in the state of Mississippi because mm-hmm. if they think Moorhead wasn't a good – I mean, wasn't a good fit. And I think Moorhead wasn't a good fit because he was a northerner. I don't really know where Leach is from originally. I don't know much about his coaching background either. I do know that, if I'm not mistaken, he started off his professional career as a lawyer. Are you left- serious? If I'm not mistaken, left that, sent a letter out to everybody in the country. One team or one coach responded, 
and he came and maybe volunteered that first year. Then the next year got put on as a GA, and so on and so on and so on. Wow, that's crazy. Yeah. So 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 that that further cements his unconventional. Uh, everything about him has been unconventional. Then. Yes, but you know he's been coaching for a mighty long time. It wasn't like he did that. You know, five years ago, this was long, long, long time ago. And, and so he was very successful at Texas Tech. His head coaching spots have been Texas Tech. He was there from 2000 to 2009, went 84 and 43. Uh, and then Washington State, he had been there since 2012 as head coach, went 55 and 47. And like I say, in 2020, he takes over uh, the Mississippi State uh, Bulldogs. Um, yes. And so again, I, th- I do. I think it's going to be be very interesting uh, to see um, what kind of offense he puts out there. I think that's what's the most interesting part is to see because uh, there's talent in Mississippi, just kind of like we said about Florida and LSU. I mean, in Louisiana, there's a lot of talent in Mississippi. Well, you there, you know, right? <laughs> tons of talent, tons and tons of talent. You know, there's it's, it's Mississippi, and they you're gonna have to you know uncover some rocks and brushing over some burn piles, but there's air. You just got to go find it. So I'm, I'll be interested to see how, uh, how they, how they, they, they shake this thing out um, yeah. for, for those boards. Um, and you're right. I'm looking back at just kind of Leach's coaching. He does, he has a JD, uh, which is what Juris doctorate uh, from Pepperdine university. He went to BYU uh, for his mm-hmm. undergraduate. And so, yes, he, <laughs> I never knew that, man. I never knew that yeah. about, about about Mike Leach. That is crazy. Yeah. This dude, yeah. ass, that's wild to get there. So, SEC West, man, you want to make that bread? Come on and coach in SEC West. It's uh, We call it Little NFL. Uh, that's <laughs> 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 it's where the top talent is uh, uh, in the SEC West. Um, there's two topics I want to hit on. I want to go, go on and hit a little bit of NFL, about the NFL playoffs. Uh, we got two two great matchups tonight uh, or today. We got the uh, 49ers. One, going, one should be going on right now. One's at halftime. 49ers up 14-10 on the Vikings right now. Mm. Um, mm. Uh, so we'll get a chance. Hopefully I get a chance to watch a little bit of that game. Um, so we got the 49ers and the Vikings tonight. We got the Ravens and the Titans. Tomorrow we got the Chiefs and the Texans and the Packers and the Seahawks. I want to go on record and say – this is to me. This is one of the the better second round slate of games I've ever remember seeing. Like I want to watch all four of these games. Every single one of these yes. games has interest to me. Uh, yes. That Forty Nine ers Vikings, brother. The Vikings are just hot right now. They are. You know they they put out my beloved Saints, and that D line wrecked the entire game. They did. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it, it was Drew Brees didn't have time. I mean, dog, he didn't have time to blink. No. I mean, he and was running right for his we life. Were, right when we were driving, thinking we getting ready to score a touchdown the way the offense was popping, that D-line caused the fumble. Hit that fumble. And then yeah. do nothing but hit that, hit that arm real hard. And that, yep. that, that thumb said, I'm, I'm out. I'm tapping out. I'm out. <laughs> <laughs> Here y'all go. Yeah, I was going to ask you about that, man. I, Drake, is the window closing or closed for your Saints? If you're if you're speaking on football and not as a fan. <laughs> I still think we have a shot because we keep getting there. You're right. Um, 
I, I don't know how long we'll keep getting there, but we keep getting there. And of course, this is the fan in me speaking, but also as just speaking football, I think they missed the call at the end. Because you think the push Rudolph, off? He clearly pushed off. Clearly pushed off. So it's been two years back to back where I think we've gotten a short end of the stick because of calls. Now, you know, the Vikings did everything they needed to do to win their game. They did. They, they won the game. Um, I, I just would have liked to see the call made just to, to, to have equal opportunity. But that D-line played so well. I mean, they wrecked that entire game. That I mean, that D-line, and they did it the entire game. I thought they were going to make, you know, some different changes. Well, we, we made changes to, to at least get it to overtime. But if it were not for that D-line, the way the offense was going or had potential to go or had been going for the season, we could have easily scored 30 points. I wrecked everything. The time, like you said, Drew Brees didn't have time to do anything. No. So everything was off. And and it's frustrating. It's it, frustrating being a Saints fan. And, you know, even though, like say, that, that last call may have got miscalled, that call didn't lose the game for y'all because the the misman to me the poor clock management at the end of the regulation. I didn't know yeah. what I didn't understand what they were doing. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, what are y'all doing? Like I I I, I don't know. That 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 shook me. I, I thought they missed a couple golden opportunities to go ahead and try to put punch it in the end zone. Uh, I agree. But and then at again, least throw it in the end zone or something. I don't yeah, at least give give me one shot at it, but the way they managed the clock, I, I just don't think they set themselves up for it. And it that that when that drive there seemed very undrew like to me. Yeah, I'm used to the Saints seeming very crisp, and I don't know about you, because again, I haven't I haven't watched the Saints in depth all season long. I've just seen the mm-hmm. highlights, but the highlights I've seen watching that game too is is Alvin Kamara who we thought he was. I think he is. I think uh, was he very hurt this season. He was a little injured, but I also think that he needs a one-two punch. Like, he needs a downhill runner, and I think they tried to get him a downhill runner with Murray, but Murray isn't the same caliber of running back. It's Mark Ingram. That, uh, it's Mark Ingram. He's not. So I think that played into it. So because Murray is not that style of runner, they really had to – they really were able to focus on – on Alvin Kamara, so he, you know, you, you get all the attention. It's, it's going to be kind of hard. And so that, that's why I mean, I pose the question like this: Is he who we thought we? Well, I guess is he who we build him out to be, not who we thought he was, because we built him out that oh, it's going to be his show. He's getting all the touches. He's been really beast up, and that to your mm-hmm. point, it seemed like nah. I think you may need somebody else to be able to open up for him. To, to either soften up or open up the lanes that he needed to really be explosive. I agree. I agree. And I was so hurt when when, when Mark Ingram left. I'm like, this is going to cost us. And and now his team is positioned uh, with the best statistical chance to win, win, win it all. Uh, now, I think that's going to be an interesting thing about the Titans and the, uh, um, the Titans Ravens. and the Ravens game. Um, if Mark Ingram can't play, 
does that in I know it impacts it. Does it change the outcome? Are you nervous for the Ravens at all in this Titans game? Not as long as they got Lamar. <laughs> now Tennessee I mean, is the yeah, hot I mean. Tennessee is the hot stick to right now, man. Oh, I agree. In the way Derek Heron running that ball, I mean he won the game last week. He did. He won the game last week. Yes, Tannehill made some passes toward the end, some deep passes. All that, you know, played a part, a, a part into it. Tannehill but, managed the game well. <laughs> yes, but, but Derrick Henry. Put the ball I mean, in the he, back seat of the bus and let the bus ride. Yes, he, he, he won that game. And, and he's just so hard to stop because he's big. And unlike a Brandon Jacobs big, he's, he's quick through the hole. He has vision. He has speed. He had See, quick Brandon feet. Jacobs, Brandon Jacobs has speed, but it took him a while to get to that speed. Yeah. Derrick Henry can get to that speed now. Yeah. Two steps. Derrick, Derrick Henry's full full stride, bro. Yeah. Two steps. Yeah. You give him four yards, it's, it's out. You finna race him now. You can yeah. see, I think, um, was it him or who was me and Tony watching one of them games? I thought it was Derrick Henry. It may not have been. It may have been one of the college games, though. But Derrick Henry is, you'll see, or uh, you'll even see some of the safeties or the cornerbacks. One, they're like, hey, I'm not hitting them straight up. I don't care how much you pay me. I'm not going to hit this dude straight up. And Correct. then they'll be like, yeah, I got that angle. Yeah, yeah. Whoa, this dude gone. Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. like that angle disappears, yeah. and he's off to the races, man. Yes, yes. Derrick so, Henry is a beast. He, he is a pleasure to watch. He if is. you like football and you like a team that run the ball, He's a pleasure to watch. And here's what kills him. And that's what I heard somebody on one of the four-letter network talk about. Derrick Henry, he's one of those those players that other players, you know, other some players be like, I bet it's third, fourth quarter. Now let's keep balling. I, okay, now let's see how he hit this hole now. I'm ready to put this wood to him. Derrick Henry yeah. is one of them in the fourth quarter. Be like, man, I hope they run to the other side. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Man, I hope they yeah. toss it to the other side right now. Because you don't want to see him in the fourth quarter. He gets better. Yeah, he does. Because he's, he's a big back, and he, he can take those licks, but also he can administer them out. But but the, the key thing, we've seen big backs before. We've seen the bus. We've seen Brandon Jacobs. And Natron means to go back. Ironhead. Haywood. Ironhead, Craig Haywood. You know, yep. we, we've seen big backs, but we haven't seen a big back with his speed yeah, man. and his agility. So he can stick that foot in the dirt and – Cut, jumped, and boom, explode through. And it's like, wow, how's somebody that size being able to do that? And I think that's gotten better for him in the league, man. I mean, he yes. had, you've seen glimpses of it at Bama, but these last two to three years, again, he's the person kind of, I mean, different than Kamara. Like, so again, Kamara, we was like, hey, oh, with, with Ingram gone, it's all his show. We're going to see how he's he going to get a chance to really shine. And you be like, oh, we probably need to kind of find him a, a tandem. Derrick yes. Henry's the person, you know, when he was with DeMarco Murray and DeMarco Murray left, they're like, all right, well, I guess, you know, Brandon Henry's all we, uh, Brandon, <laughs> Derrick Henry's all we got. Let's see what he can do. And they be like, he'd be like, yeah, I've been waiting for this. I need 40 carries. Give me the ball. Yes. I want the yes. ball every time. Yes. So, He's anyway. Special talent. Special talent. But, but likewise, like you said, unfortunately for Brandon, Derrick Henry, on the other side of that football is Why another. Why do you keep calling him Brandon? Because I because you said Brandon Jacobs. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> so he's Brandon Henry right now. So oh, I got you. And like Derrick Henry, on the other side of that football is going to be another special talent, and yeah. that comes yeah. in the beautiful, amazing 
Lamar Jackson. <laughs> yes. yes. He is special. He, he is, is, man. Special. He has been lighting them up. And uh, like I say, I'm, I am excited. I, I like a lot of these squads, uh, but I really, 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 really want to see him hoist that trophy, man. And it, we've talked about it on this show, but I mean, we're, we're just being honest. It's, it's really good to see black quarterbacks get the chance to play football their way. Not saying where well, you have to be this type of quarterback to be successful in the NFL. And if you don't do it this way, then it's not going to work. That's right. And, and, and I, I love Harbaugh and, and whomever the, the OC is. I don't know who the OC is. But they have – I mean, to me, that's just a sign of a really good coach. Okay, this is the talent I have. Let me call plays and design plays that's going to capitalize on his talents and attributes. Not saying, no, you got to do it this way. It has to be done that way. You got to check it. No, hey, okay, this is what you do. Let me go in the lab and drop some stuff, and let's try this. And bam, it's working. So I, I'm just a fan of it. I love it. And I, I, I think a lot of coaches who are close-minded – are starting for, for one, a lot of those coaches don't have jobs no more because they're old, and two, a lot of young coaches are just being open minded because I mean, who don't want to win? That's why we're doing this is to win. So, if I have a superior athlete, I'm gonna make sure I give him every opportunity to succeed. Lamar Jackson, Deshaun Watson, Patrick Mahomey, and Russell Wilson are the elite of the elite, man. Yes. They it. Yes. And like I say, they're beauty, they beauty to watch, man. That And, and, yeah. and they are. They're, they're allowed to play the the game my way. That that hit, that play for Deshaun Watson last week. Oh. Where them two defensive ends hit him high-low. And this dude still swings out. I don't either. There's no way that happens. Nine times out of ten, that's a sack. Every single time. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I mean, I, I just don't see, and and I I just because oh, I'm I'm hey, I'm just being honest with my family. In in certain games that I've been a part of, and the team lost, if my guys played well, it was a little bit of a moral victory. That's so right. You were like, guys, you know, hey, like, we oh, lost, but <laughs> yeah. And and I, I talked to my DC about things, and he like, you know, sometimes you know I get upset. When I call a play, and that play caused us to give up a touchdown, but I don't get upset when I call a play, and if that person had done their job, and it cost us a touchdown, I'm, I'm putting us in the right situation. Now we got to make a play. We got to make. So play. I know that DC was like, I called the right play. It worked. It technically worked. They're right. <laughs> <laughs> I wanted to get to the quarterback. We got to the quarterback. Not one, but two people. Twice. Twice. Yeah. Twice. We got there two. two twice. <laughs> And it, it's still end up costing you the game. So, I mean, if I was a DC, I'd be like, well, well doggone it, I did my job. I, I did my job. And you want to you wanna cut somebody out, cuss one of those two people. Because I got yeah. both of them to the quarterback, neither one of them made the tackle. <laughs> and, and essentially, if, if that play is made, the game is over. It's, it, it's a wrap. Because was it fourth down or that was third down? It was third and long, I thought. Was it third, third long or four? Long. Yeah, it was it's third. It was third, third long like twenty-four I mean, or something. It, it, but it might have been four. I mean, it, it was it was very vital to win. And you know, I, I see the game differently. I could like the game moving in slow motion. I'm like, oh, that's game. I saw it coming. I'm yeah. Like, oh, this is about to be game. <laughs> and then boop, 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 spit out, dump it off. It's like, oh, it was crazy. It was crazy. 
again, I think we talked so much about Patrick Patrick Mahomes. I mean, Pat, Pat, I was looking at the stats. Now, didn't Patrick Mahomes miss like four games this season? He did. He had a broken something. I can't remember what it was. We had a broken something. And he still passed for 4,000 yards, 26 touchdowns, only five interceptions. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, he's special. I mean. It, Put that in comparison. See all, all this special talent that's yeah. in the league. And, and everybody's special in their own right. That's right. Uh, yeah, they, they're all gifted, completely different. So we we have four quarterbacks here and all have completely different styles of football. Yes. And yes. so I think that, you know, that's what I'm I'm so blessed to see this year. And if we throw in the fifth one, would be, which has been Dak, I think that's what I was so blessed to see this season. If you had five top-tier minority quarterbacks and you can't say, oh, you got to get you a good – you got to get you a good a good black and that can run. No, uh-uh, because – Patrick Mahomes can't run, but Patrick Mahomes slang that peel. Russell I mean, Wilson, Lamar, he mean, can strangle. Everybody throwing that thing. That's oh. right. They slang it. Lamar still threw over 3,000 yards. Uh, and did he have like 30 touchdown passes? 36 touchdowns, only six interceptions. That's a lot. That's, and, a, lot. That's a lot of touchdown passes. And 1,200 yards rushing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And then, like I say, you got um, Mahomes had 4,000. Deshaun Watson had 38,000. I mean, 3,800, 500, 5, 38, 3,852. Uh, and then Russell Wilson had 4,000 with 31 touchdowns, only five interceptions. So. Yeah. I mean, you know, when he, they, I mean, like I said, they slanging the pill all over, all over. Especially when you think of like the one of the torch bearers, Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers had four thousand on the dot, like four thousand two yards, twenty six touchdowns and four interceptions. Um, so I mean, again, they're winning in all different fast, every different area of the game. They all play it different, and all of them have been wildly successful. Yes, yes. So it, it, it makes me. You know, we, we talked about hires. It really makes me think. So, Jackson was very successful in college and took his team way up. Played well above their talent level. Yes. Russell, Russell was at North Carolina State, and he did very well with them and was getting ready to transfer. And I bet you that coach just kicks himself in the butt every time. Because he wanted to stay there, but his coach really wanted him to focus on football and leave baseball alone. Yeah. And told him, you can't play baseball. He's like, well, bet I'll just transfer. I do. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to go somebody that's not as, as close him. as you. Yeah, almost, Auburn almost got him. I can only imagine if Auburn had him, what, what would have happened. But he was successful in college. Uh, Watson, we know what he did. Yep. Brought so, Clemson that first championship. <laughs> so... The head coach at Texas Tech had one of these quarterbacks that we're talking about and historically couldn't win. And he got an NFL but, job. And he got an NFL job. Just saying, brother. Just saying. I don't I mean, I don't even know what to say. But, I don't know. I don't, maybe nothing else needs let, to be Let me go ahead on. No, I'm going to say state the obvious, but white privilege doesn't exist. Yes. Yeah. I'm just saying, but white privilege don't exist. I'm just saying, <laughs> just, just let's just think about this now. So, got fired because he wasn't winning. That's right. I ain't never seen a person get fired from a college job and get a head coaching job in the NFL. I don't understand how uh, that math works out. Yeah, it's, it's, I don't. I don't understand how that math works out. <laughs> okay. Like, oh, he can yeah, do that, okay. but but he can he can do what we got. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's how that goes. All right. Okay. <laughs> 
I, I don't think Arizona did too hot this year either. Nah, nah. And then, you, and then Freddie Kitchens. Now, I, I was shocked they only gave Freddie Kitchens one year. I think it goes back to the Moorhead fire. Freddie Kitchens could not keep the discipline of that team, though. Uh, His team was undisciplined. I don't think yeah, it was I, the, it, it wasn't their record. It was how undisciplined that was. And you know, when we talked about that, how I told you, I didn't think Freddie Kitchens was a good hire. I said oh, I, I thought they should have gave that job to Greg Williams, yes. because Greg Williams is why that team produced really well at the end of the season, and let yes. Freddie stay on his OC. You do that four or five years, and then you progress Freddie Kitchens up once he has once he's built a stronger rapport as to how to lead a franchise. Correct. Yeah. But I thought Greg Williams had that as a disciplined football team. Now, again, I understand he put bounties on people's head and all that type stuff, so whatever. But <laughs> his, our president putting bounties on people's head. Our president putting bounties on people's head. So, but he played, he had them boys, he had them, he had that team solidified and moving forward. I knew, really did. I did not feel like Freddie Kitchens, not only was he not prepared to lead that team, but I felt he was equal, doubly unprepared because Baker Mayfield was his quarterback. Yes. And Baker Mayfield, for whatever reason, always just get the pass. That's right. People just love him. Don't nobody – the undisciplined, we say, is all on Freddie Kitchens. However, I think Baker Mayfield is a big part of who's un, how undisciplined that team is. Yes. yes. But when your head coach wears a T-shirt that says Pittsburgh started it, did you did you hear about that article? I, I did. That's, that's ridiculous. <laughs> Regardless of what you think, brother, he says, "Oh, my daughter bought it." Blah blah blah. Come on, dog. You are the head yeah. coach of NFL football team. Yeah, you, you have to wear it in public. No, you had to wear that. You had to wear that. You or you could have easily looked at. Let me let me let me let me say this, and I believe this about as we we've been interviewing churches <laughs> and looking for church options. The Bible mm-hmm. tells me that the first my first responsibility is at home. If you didn't have the the testicular fortitude to have a conversation with your daughter as to why you couldn't wear that shirt, how would I expect you to have the testicular fortitude to have a conversation with grown men about how they're supposed to act? Yes. Because I would have said, baby, that shirt's funny. Oh, that's funny. I can't wear it. I'm the head coach yeah, of the Cleveland yeah, that's, Browns. That's cute. Yeah, that's, that's cute. cute. But I can't... <laughs> The job I'm in, they respect. They expect more out of me than that. I can't wear something like that. That's yeah. a quick conversation. That's a that's a that's that's reinforcing leadership to my kids. Yeah. So when he said that, and his excuse was, "Oh, my daughter had it made from blah blah," I was like, "You just told me everything I need to know about you." <laughs> that's why your yeah. team undisciplined right here. Your t- your house undisciplined. So no, I don't even. Nah, you good? Kick rocks. Now, the big question is, are they finna shell out this money and is Josh Daniels going to take this job? I don't know. And i tell you what, because, I mean, of course, I'm not in a position. But if Cleveland called me, of course, I would go. But and I'd be your defense position, coordinator. Correct. If I, <laughs> if I was in position of a lot of these people who are interviewing for the job, like, I do believe there's a such thing as a bad organization. And you, you said this as we've been on the air. The yeah. entire time we've been on the air. They're a bad organization. So so who 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 wins there? Tell me. I just like the record reflect. 
uh, Belichick coached at the Cleveland Browns. Exactly. <laughs> and left. Bill Belichick couldn't even win there, was a coach at the Cleveland Browns. Yes, and by all statistical say. fortitude, his career should have been over after the Cleveland Browns. Yes. It's, it, it is a bad organization. I'm with you. Bad organization. It, I, I, if I had, you know, the – so the people that are interviewing are mostly coordinators of winning teams that have jobs. I'm not – you know, Josh Daniels, he, he, he's already coached, been a head coach. Yep, for a decent organization. Yes. The different Broncos. He, he was winning at one time. He was. Then Tebow came and all that happened and he had a lot of stuff going on. But I do think him going to the Patriots and watching the best do it, you know, you pick up some nuggets and he's learned a lot. That's just like Ed. Ed, and I say Ed, Ed Orgeron, to let people know, you know, his first coaching, uh, head coaching job didn't go over so well. But he learned, and, and he always talks about, I wish I'd have done things different, but I didn't know no better. You only know what you know. That's right. Well, now he knows better. Now look what's going on. So I think his his Josh's next job, he will know better, and, and, and it, he will produce more. But you still have to be a part of a good organization. Cleveland Browns is just not a good organization. I say, man, I, I just want the listeners to know, Go go check the archives. Big Drake has been saying this for the last four five years. <laughs> Is that the Cleveland Browns are not a good organization? Um, yeah, and, and I, I I I agree with you, man. I, I don't. Well, think about it, man. Think about all the teams that have had ups and downs. I mean, in, in Cleveland Browns ain't the only bad organization, but okay, the Saints, the Saints, not Saints are not always good. They haven't always been good. Uh, Minnesota hasn't always been good, but historically, you know, the Patriots, the uh, e- even the um, the Giants, they, they've done some questionable stuff the last couple of years. But we're talking about historically. They historically, historically been a pretty solid organization. Yes, historically, the Cleveland Browns. Nah, bro. All the way back from moving. No, that was the the Ravens that left, wasn't it? But they were the Browns. They were the Cleveland Browns before that. <laughs> Art, Art Modell said, I'm getting the hell out of here. And he left in the middle of the night. Bad organization. Took, took that team to Baltimore. Bad organization, man. Yeah, I, I'm with you, man. If I'm Josh McDaniels, I'm like, nah, I'm I'm good. I'm like, If I'm Josh McDaniels, again, I'm good because, one, worst case, I'm going to ride it out for another two years and Belichick's gone. That's what I'm thinking. I'm thinking if he would just stay there. Who, I mean, who knows how long Belichick will stay. But if you stay there, you're probably the head coach in waiting. And, and unless uh, Belichick produces some teams that go awful, which we all know ain't going to happen. Ain't going to never happen. He's not going to get fired. He's going to get a chance to re- retire and help name his replacement. Correct. And I, I would just hold what I got. And I, I'll say this again. I want to make sure we go on record and say this, but white privilege doesn't exist. Do understand that they, we're talking a, one year removed from accepting a job and then turning back around the next day and declining it. Yeah. He was supposed to be out of there. He had accepted the Indianapolis Colts job and the next morning turned back around and said, nah, we good. Yes. And so my question to him would be, what's changed? 
because in your, to your to your point, I believe the Indianapolis Colts is a better organization than the Cleveland Browns. Yes. I believe yeah. the Indianapolis Colts, I may dare to say, they have a bigger future than the Cleveland Browns. Yes. They don't have a star quarterback yet. May have in Jacoby Brissett. You don't know. Uh, but at the time he turned it down, what you call him, right. had not quit yet. I tell you what, I'll take Jacoby Brissett over, over uh, Baker Mayfield. Uh, Mayfield. Yeah, I sure would. Well, but remember, at the time he turned Josh Daniels, McDaniels turned that job down, what old buddy hadn't retired yet? Andrew Luck. Andrew Luck had not retired. Yes, yes. So you were taking, you had accepted a job to coach a team, an Andrew Luck-led team. Yes. So what's changed? That that would be my, my thought, is why would you take this job now for the Cleveland Browns and you wouldn't have took, you didn't, you turned down the Indianapolis Colts after agreeing? Yeah. And so as we're talking probably, about. Probably Mr. Kraft and told him, hey, Hold what you got, dog. That's right. He was like, look, I or even Belichick himself. Hey, hold what you got, dog. I wouldn't take just it. Be patient. I, I just just, just chill. <laughs> yeah, just be patient. Is it the money? It's gonna work out. <laughs> That's what I asked. Is it the money? Yeah. We can make that yeah. work. Don't worry about that. Yeah, it's, it's gonna work out. Trust Don't worry me. about the money. Don't worry about the money. So because I wouldn't mind having him as a head coach. You know, if if, if I was a fan, meaning like from uh, Boston, and you know, if I was a true fan. Because I still think they cheat us to some degrees. I do too. And, and, yeah, if I was a true fan, I, I would love to have him as my next head coach after Belichick decided to retire. I agree. I think I think it'd be a good transition. Yes. Now, here, let me ask you this question: Do you really think Tom Brady's going to leave the Patriots? I don't. I I, I, I said and I listen to people talk about this on these other radio stations. I just laugh. I'm like, man, Tom Brady ain't going nowhere. They got to they have something to talk about. Yeah, you're, you're right. Something to talk about. All right, Tom Brady ain't going to go. And look, I even believe like this. Let me ask you this one. Big Drake, do you believe Alabama dynasty, Alabama's dynasty is dead? No. No. Is Nick Saban still coaching? Then their yeah, dynasty no, ain't no, dead. No. The Patriots. Drake, do you believe that the Patriots dynasty is dead? No. <laughs> is Belichick still there? Their dynasty ain't dead. Like, come yeah. on, man. Just because these cats, Tom is 45, however Tom is, I don't care. Tom going to be throwing the football from his grave. Tom is going to punch oh, through his casket yeah, and through six feet of death. He going to still be talking Hail Marys, yeah. man. <laughs> like, the yeah. dynasty ain't dead, man. Don't don't believe this hype. The dynasty is no. not dead. To these guys, it's gone. So, like I say, I, 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 wouldn't, I, I wouldn't count that out. Tom Brady ain't going nowhere. They were talking about Tom Josh McDaniel taking the Dallas job, Tom Brady coming to Dallas. I'm like, man, y'all smoking crack, man. Stop yeah. that. Stop that. Talking about what Tom, the only other job he take, I mean, the only place he go for his wife would say, you know, the wife, his wife only let him go to L.A. Man, do you really think his wife run that house? Do you know who we talk? We talking about Tom Blanken, Blanken Brady. <laughs> and and I mean, do we realize who his wife is? I mean. If Tom pulled her, <laughs> Tom Street, come on now. Yeah, I think yeah, I think I Tom think good. Listen to whatever I, th- Tom I think we say. good. I think we good. Yeah. So I don't think they leave and know well. When Tom retired, Tom will retire. Patriot, nothing else. I I, I, mean, I don't think we got Tom, a Joe okay. Montana or uh or uh, uh, Brett Favre on our hands here. Correct. And and uh, when when Giselle married Tom Brady, like you saw no more of her in the public. No. 
I'm going to the crib and raise these kids. I'm going to the crib and raise these kids. I'm going to the crib and raise these kids, baby. Time big enough, we putting it down. I'm good. Yes. So, yes. nah, I, I, I won't say that. Uh, so, speaking of all these hires, we would be remiss if we didn't talk about the lack of color that we saw in all the hirings that have taken place. And yeah. uh, I think me and you shared, and I told him, I, I want to go on record. I know he don't listen. I know nobody in his group listens. But I want to go head on and call out right now. Stephen A. Smith is the black Jerry Springer of the black Paul Feinbaum. <laughs> I can't stand him. Don't like him. Don't care to listen to nothing else he got to say. I will listen to the clickbait he got. But as far as any credibility, Stephen A., you are in it for the money and everything you say is about the money. You sitting here talking all this. Oh, I want to go on record. We got a problem. I'm on, I'm telling putting the NFL on notice right now. Blah, 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 blah. Where were you when Colin was doing what he was doing? Yeah. Like, dog, where you been? Why you, oh, you black now. Oh, now you black? Oh, now, now you got the best interest of all the black people. And Big Drake, after me and you had that conversation this week, mm-hmm. you know what he went on and did. He was on uh-huh. TV that said, so you heard about the thing about what the Chicago coach said, Bellini, right? Oh, uh, calling them thugs. Calling them thugs. Oh, Stephen A. Last, uh, the other day said he don't see the problem. Mm. He said, "Why wouldn't you want to be a thug? I mean, that's a, that you, you want to be, you know, you want to you want to be known that you play ball gutter. It's all right to be able to say, I want you to go out here and play this thing like a thug." He said, "One of my good friends, Charles Oakley. Charles Oakley played kind of thuggish." And guess who was the voice of blackness? Jason. It's kind of Jason Williams. <laughs> Mr. Duke had to be the voice of blackness on the mm. on the show that I was watching. Stephen A. Well, so what, what was Jason's uh, point of view? Jason said, "No, there are too many connotations that come with that terminology. You are yes. never allowed to call me that." Yeah. He said because of the references that that he said everything, all the references to that are all racial connotations. He said there's nothing, there's nothing about. Thug. He said playing thug ish is not being a thug. Yes. He said, you didn't yes. tell me to play a style. You told me to stop playing like a person. He said, so yes. you labeled me when you said that. Yes. Mr. Jason Williams, in his dukeness, had to be the voice of blackness with with Steve with Paul uh with, with Stephen Paul Fine Bomb Smith sitting on the other side. <laughs> oh, you crazy. Taking his black yeah, card. I mean, just because Jason went to Duke, don't mean he ain't. Black. I know, I know. I'm just saying, though. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Out of the people on there that's got to stand up, the man sitting here yeah. that went to Duke and played for Shashevsky is the man that has to represent for the culture. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, again, the point of what Stephen A was saying, do we have a problem? Yes. I just need to go on record and get it off my chest that Stephen A. Yeah, I know. I know you're not a fan of him. Nah, man. I used to be. I I, I like. I used to really like Stephen A. When he was kind of coming up. When he when he uh, when he rose to fame at ESPN, uh, mm-hmm. I thought he was very impassioned. I loved his passion. Sometimes it was a little too much, but but I liked the fact that they was allowing a black man to nut up. So I was good with it. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But now that now don't become Sambo though. Don't don't become. 
Don't become a minstrel show. Don't become Bojangles. Don't become a minstrel show that now, at first, it was like, man, they let this black dude, ooh. You know, everybody's like, oh, yeah, he getting it in. Now it's like, oh, go do that thing for us again. Yeah. Stop it, dog. Like, stop it. Stop it. I tell you, uh, I seen the meme, the black delegation would like to trade Stephen A. Smith <laughs> for Max <laughs> Kellerman. And I I have voted yes for that trade. <laughs> I like Max, man. I, I like Max like Kellerman, that. man. I yeah, like Max I like Kellerman, man. I think yeah. he's straight to the point. But but back to my point, the lack of color in the hires. Now, unfortunately, I mean, I ain't gonna say unfortunate. NFL's been brought to the table to task this week. Now again, that'll all fade. The story's already fading. It ain't talked about already no more. So that that's mm-hmm. stuck for about three days about, oh, we didn't hire any black people, and no owner said nothing, no club said nothing. Uh, uh, even Dictator Goodell didn't, didn't make a statement, didn't say nothing. Yeah. So nobody that write checks said anything about the outcry of the lack of minority hiring. Nobody. Yes. Even yeah. the black dude that sit in the paid NFL Players Association chair didn't say a peeping word about the lack of color in the hirings of NFL head coaches. Yeah. So shut up. Y'all ain't going to do nothing about it. Because so I, this... I will say, the only thing I will say, in the NFL's defense, that they have been more forward thought, you know, bringing that to the forefront than college has because they've, they've had more black head coaches than in college. So there are only a handful of NFL teams. We're talking about 138 college teams and maybe four black. Ten and head coaches in college. Ten, oh, wow. So I, I remember when I very first went to the convention, and I, I remember talking to you about it. I know I talked to several people about it, but I think I, me, me and you had a conversation. I was shocked to have any black people there. And then as you look and, and really get a grasp, like. They are analysts and position coaches. Well, well <laughs> black people are the majority of coaches. They really are. We're just not the majority in leadership coaching, meaning we're not head coaches, we're not offensive coordinators. They'll let us be defensive coordinators. We're not quarterback coach. We're not offensive line coach. They'll let us be wide receiver coach. They'll let us be a running back coach. So it's, it's, it's really sad, and it's, 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 this should be more of an outrage because I go to this convention, and there's nothing but black people at this convention. And I mean, I'm, I'm, of course, there's white people and so forth. Because, but the, the, it, it, if you look at the numbers of the positions available, are, yeah. Well, let me talk about the players. Yeah. Like, who who playing football? Like black the majority. Folks. Black folks. You know, so <laughs> I don't understand. They they will put us on staff to control us, so to speak. Like you know, and that to me that's offensive. Like like black people need control. Did Baker Mayfield not need controlling? He needed, and they didn't do it. Huh. So, you know, I, the buck gets passed so many times. And I remember watching the episode of Blackish. This is why I love Blackish, because I think it, it if white people watch Blackish, it gives them a slight glimpse at what goes on. And I remember when the eldest son was the intern. And I can't remember the character's names, but kind of like the goofy white guy. That kind of gets made fun of from time to time. Yeah, but but he had got a promotion, and they were gonna get him an intern. And uh, uh, 
time. What's what's the what's the main character's name? Uh, his real name, the actor. Uh, and a- Anthony Anderson. Anderson. A- Anthony, Anthony Anderson. Anthony, yeah, Anthony Anderson's son was interning. Uh, was was like a in, he was already interned there, but he wanted this particular job because this was going to be like a, a job, like a paid intern. So he was doing all the right things, and he had all the qualifications. He had the school. He had everything. But then they had this. First of all, he only interviewed white guys, white kids from whatever college. Then there was this one kid who went to, <clears throat> excuse me, graduated from the same college as him. And they were in there singing an alma mater, a fight song and all this stuff. But on paper and actually his work ethic sucked. And so he actually hired the kid. And of course, uh, Anthony Anderson's son was hurt. And of course, the kids started working and was just was just horrible at it. And he did something small as far as well. I know you like this particular style of coffee. And it was some, you know, orange extract, half latte, mocha, whatever, you know, all this other crazy stuff. Yeah. And he told me, he said, look, you know, this is a problem that sometimes white people have. And it's not necessarily that they're doing it purposefully because let's uh, let's be honest, people like to be around people that look like that. Right, that's correct. I mean, that's just, that's just that's just a human nature. So you you hire this kid not because he's smarter or better, has a better work ethic than me, but you hired him because y'all do have this connection because y'all graduated from Harvard. But everything else about him is a con instead of a pro. I'm in your face. I'm here working. I'm doing all the work. I'm getting this done. I come here early. I stay. He just ran off all these pros. And, you know, so explain to me why didn't you give me the job? And, of course, once he looked at everything, he couldn't explain then of course the, the the next scene or the, they go to commercial and come back they have a, this you know deep conversation about well, you're right I saw him he reminds me of me when I was in college he looks like me all this stuff he ended up firing the kid and of course he got the job but this happens on a continuous basis a continuous basis in yeah, every aspect not just in college yeah, yeah. 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 we talking I mean, about coaching but this have, we see this yeah, and we've seen this professional office. that's right exactly I mean, it's, it's happened to me that's right like so I'm 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 in this job. I'm technically doing the job. I have the education. I have the training. I have the respect of my peers. So explain to me, if it's not race, why didn't I get the job? And of course, no, nobody can. And so coaching was an avenue that we have expounded upon. I'm talking about the sheriff's office because I'm personally living that. But it happens in every, I'm pretty sure you can That's give right. examples. <laughs> it, it happens every aspect of life. And what people don't understand is that this country was built by slaves and by black people, and every law that came into fruition was done to keep us into slavery. And how once slavery ended, they made incarceration the new slavery. That's right. And and every law and everything was done on purpose to hold us back and to keep us, quote unquote, in check and in our place. Let it's me, disheartening. Let me give you this stat. You you mentioned it. So we only we talked about coaches less than ten percent in NFL. I mean, less than ten percent in college. Less than ten percent blacks in NFL and head coaching positions. College football. African Americans make up fifty seven percent of college football teams. Sixty four percent of men's basketball teams. We just gave you the stats for head coaches. Let me even do you one better. We are two point eight percent of the full-time degree pursuing undergraduates. Mm-hmm. 2.8% is black men. 
but 57% of college football players. Yeah. So, again, yeah. to your point, as long as we out there picking that cotton, you good. Yeah. Long as we out there chopping them the rolls, you good. Long as we out there rolling that roll, running that football, you good. But there's no owner willing to pick a black man to lead his multi-billion dollar organization. Yes. We're not capable of doing that. And it goes back to again, even that some may even feel like say we're not capable of doing. They were talking about uh Bellama, Billama, I can't pronounce his name. Bielema, the 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 uh, co- coach for uh, Kansas City, office coordinator. Uh, no, nah, oh no, you talking about somebody else? Because I thought you were talking about Brent Bielema. No, 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 I'm talking about no, I ain't gonna talk about Fat Tail. Uh, I'm talking about <laughs> <laughs> I'm talking about the black dude that's the office coordinator for 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 uh, Andy Reid. His name is like B- Belima or something like that too. I, I don't know his name. Yeah, so so uh, Andy Reid is saying he is as ready as any coach I've ever had. And this is coming from the coaching tree of Andy Reid. Yeah. Andy Reid said he is as ready as any coach I've ever had. This man has now unsuccessfully interviewed for seven NFL head coaching jobs. Seven mm. NFL head coaching jobs. And has not gotten to one. The New York Giants just hired a, I want to say, I'm going to say a freaking <laughs> special teams coach. Yeah. To run their organization in New York City. Yeah. Come on, bro. Yeah. Privilege doesn't exist. Privilege doesn't exist. Like, let's Bad. be let's be real honest about what this means. And I want to encourage any of our listeners, man, if you ever get a chance to come through Montgomery, Alabama, please do yourself a favor, you and your family, and stop in and see the memorial on justice and peace. Uh, as well as the Legacy Museum. Uh, mm-hmm. Got a chance to take my family there over the holidays while we were in town uh, at my in-laws' house. Absolutely. So this this year has been our black tour, I guess. I guess the Lord's preparing us to come up here to Tennessee. Uh, but we went on a black <laughs> tour all summer. Uh, so this spring we went to D.C., got a chance to see the absolutely amazing uh, Smithsonian Museum for African American uh, History. It is a it's a lifetime changing experience. It is five floors. You could go five days and still not see everything there. Do yourself a favor, book the trip, make that happen. If you can't get there, this memorial and museum in Montgomery is as well put together as the one in DC. As far as how it's laid out, is nowhere near the size, doesn't have nowhere near the history and stuff. But the as in the flow and the person that put that thing together. Uh, it is as well put together as the one in D.C. Absolutely amazing. I went through a wave of emotions from pride to anger to, to, to crying uh, in my time going through the memorial as well as the museum. And it hit on a point that you just said. It, the museum, the Legacy Museum, physically takes you from when you enter and it takes you from our steps of how they take, took us straight from slavery all the way into the prisons. Uh, yes. it, it, it even it calls out every every law that was made. It it lays it out clearer than I had ever seen before. That made the direct connection of putting us from slavery into the prison system. Yes. So absolutely amazing. Please go and see that. Uh, go and take your time to go go and check that out, man. So.
Look, I just wanted to bring it up. We had to talk about it. I got a coach on my show. Other folks ain't got no coach on their show. And uh, <laughs> I wanted to make sure we talk about the lack of color and diversity uh, in the head coaching ranks. It is not – and, and somebody said that. Oh, I think the – I don't remember. I think Marvin Lewis said. Marvin Lewis said they asked him about it because again, he 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 did like three of these interviews, and he's like, "How uh, do you feel about not getting any of the jobs?" He's like, "I can't make anybody hire me." Yeah. I can't make them hire me. There's no laws y'all can put to make them hire us. Correct. He's like, "All I want to do is make sure I'm prepared every time I get an opportunity." Yeah. And hopefully, and, and, and <laughs> it's the right the, fit. <laughs> and, and and that's what the I guess with the Rooney Rule they put in yeah. to where. Yeah, you you have to interview one. I gotta get interview I mean, one. Yeah, well, okay. I I didn't pacify that need. I'm gonna go hire this dude over here, even though he's underqualified. I'm still gonna go, go ahead and give give this dude the job. The Cowboys interviewed Marvin Lewis, and time Marvin Lewis left, Mike McCarthy brought his bags in to stay the night with Jerry Jones. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we took the we took the the car to drop Marvin Lewis at the airport. To catch his flight back out the same day, and we picked Mar uh, uh, Mike McCarthy up with his bags, uh, had, had had slippers ready for him, a robe with his name embroidered on it. He got a chance mm. to sleep on a sleep number. We asked him what he wanted for <laughs> breakfast. <laughs> we had waffles Simple that meeting. morning. <laughs> yeah, and, and, you know, I mean, and, and that will always be the case. We can't make anybody hire us. Can't make you hire me, man. Can't make you hire me. Uh, that's the pride I think I take every single day when I come to work. And, you know, when I went through that memorial, um, the memorial is, it's, it's moving. Um, because, you know, they, they have these large pillars hanging. Uh, and on those pillars are the names of people that were lynched in, the, in those counties. It got their name mm -hmm. and the date they were lynched. And so, and you're talking about thousands of thing, uh, things hanging. And you walk and it goes, it, it goes to the point, first you're walking, looking at them. And then as you go through them, the, the walkway goes under them. So you're up under them. And so I was standing there with, 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 uh, uh, T will who we fired off the show, uh, <laughs> but I was standing there because he didn't have a great semester, uh, his first semester out and, and me and he was standing there and I said, see, this is why I ride your tail so much. I said, you cannot go and just, and part of my friends, I said, you can't go half ass the opportunity you got when they hung for you to have the privilege to do it. Yes. The pillars that are hanging above me, these are bodies that are hanging there. Yeah. And they hung, dog. Yeah. We're their wildest dreams, man. To have the privilege yeah. to what we do, I'm yeah. like you can't, you can't go and just let life come, because yeah. this is what life brought to them, and you're not on that level. You're not there because they hung. Yeah, and so don't let them hang. Don't let that be in vain. Don't let yeah. that be in vain. And so when I go to work every day, I bust my butt, bro. I need to bring it. I gotta yeah. bring it. If I hire people, I'm selective at who I hire. I told somebody, I'm not going to go recruit. If you black, I'm not bringing back a possible. You better be a book because I only got one shot. We got one shot. And That's if it. I bring somebody that don't want it hard enough, you're going to mess it up for the next person after you. Yes, yes. And I care I too much for this. 
I mean, I, I, that's the pressure I, I, I carry with me and put on myself when I'm every corrections to 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 a patrol officer because if you look at the sheriff's office, if you look at the roster, it is about 50-50 employees. But what they don't tell you is that the 50 of us are in corrections, is in the jail. We, we work back there behind closed doors, what they consider the back door office, where nobody gets to see. The only people that get to see correction officers are people that are inmates. So when you call the police, a officer, a, a correction officer is not going to come to your house. A patrol officer is going to come to your house. And they keep us back there, and that's where they hire us. And I was naive to the fact when I first got hired that I got sent to corrections, that I wasn't able to, as they hire so many whites, to go straight into patrol. Well, yep. you need to go to corrections first. We need well, you to get your, you get your experience. Yeah, well, why? I mean, am I not educated enough and, and so forth? I mean, I have a degree from Auburn University. Explain to me the last couple of people that you hired that have degrees, period. And... And I was naive to that fact. So when I did get the opportunity, I made sure I went extra hard just so somebody else from corrections that was my color could have a shot. That's when right. I got promoted to investigations, I made sure I got there before everybody and I stayed after everybody so the next black person could have a shot to get into investigations. And that's why I have the situation that I'm going on now because Sheriff Jay Jones, he sees color and he thinks, Black people are inferior, and yep. we're not smart enough, and we're not bright enough, and we're not capable. Not only are we capable, we're more than enough capable. Not only are we smart, we're more than enough smart, and smarter than the people that you already have in place. That's right. That's right. And so that's it's, what it's, it's very we, frustrating. we said earlier. I'm I'm amazed at this year because I saw so many black quarterbacks do it in so many different ways. So yes. now we're able to say, I'm capable to do it any way you need it. Yes. I'm capable. If you just need somebody that can sit in the pocket and slang that thing, go get, call Russell Wilson. That's what he did. He sat in the pocket and slung that thing. Call call Patrick Mahomes. That's what he did. He sat in the pocket and slung that thing. You got to shake your offensive line. You need me to sometime run for my life and still slang that thing. Call Deshaun Watson. That's what he did. Yeah. He yeah. got up out of that thing. Look at Dak. That's what he did. He got up out of that thing. And you need somebody that just want to slight, give me the pill and I'll tote that rock, go look at Mr. Jackson because that's what he yeah. did. No matter what you throw at us, we were able to succeed at every level this year. There's not a yeah. job. We weren't pencil. We weren't um, pigeonhole into any one style. We had a quarterback that did it every single way you could think of and did it yes. with excellence. And uh, I, 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 I pray to Lord, Lord, if you hear me, God, good Lord, master. I love to see two of them take, take on each other. You can get Russell and, and Lamar. You can get Lamar and Mahomes. I don't care. Just get, get two of them in there, man, to let them yeah. boys fight that thing out in the Super Bowl, man. Yeah. Bye. Because um, uh, is correct me if I'm wrong, and I'm a little embarrassed, but is Doug Williams still the only black quarterback to win the Super Bowl? No, Russell Wilson got a ring, ain't he? Oh, hey, Russell, yeah, yeah, Russell got a ring. Russell got a ring. Yeah. He should have two if it wasn't for the coach. He would. <laughs> if it wasn't for Pete Carroll. But you see how they brought Marshawn Lynch back. They had though, to huh? bring Beast Mode back, boy. Mm. I guarantee you. I, I I would like to know this tomorrow if it's if it's first and goal at the two yard line, who getting the peel? <laughs> <laughs> yes, yeah. Who getting that peel, man? Who getting that peel? So I, I I would I love to see two black quarterbacks get a chance to battle it out. 
Uh, we should have had another one because Cam should have had a ring had it not been yeah. for uh, for the defense. I ain't gonna say uh, for, for Peyton Manning. Oh, it was for that, that defense. Was <laughs> that, that defense was nasty. <laughs> salty, old salty defense. Oh man, Big Drake, another great show, man. Uh, I, I tell you, man, I, I love what we do, and and when we have to go a couple weeks and not do it, I feel empty inside. <laughs> Mm, yes, yes, uh, I feel like I want to post up, post them out, man. What you got for the people, man? Before we get out of here, um, I'm I'm gonna revert back to what we talked about earlier, and I, I say this every time. I have not forgotten about the leadership skills that we talked about, <laughs> but you know we get into these conversations because we don't talk as often, and I, I think if this was a daily show, or even a show that we taped a couple times a week, I can stay more on track. But what we talked about earlier about really using the gifts that God has blessed you with and, and gave you his grace and mercy and bestowed upon you. Use those gifts for his good to uplift his name and to glorify his name. And use those gifts to uplift people and empower and equip them to do great things and to find their way to God because he has that golden watch for you when you're ready to reach your next pinnacle life. And, and I always tell you this, I think we've continued to give them nuggets of, our, of why we've been successful as leaders every single week. Because yes, yes. I think the things we talk about are the things that fuel us. They're the things that drive us. They are the foundations of the principles that lead and guide us. And they are the they are what constitute why we are the leaders that we are. Uh, yes. the, the passion, the, the past, all those things are the things that make us the leaders that we are. Uh, so I, I think, again, if, if I ain't going to say follow us to get like us, I, I'll say it like this. Follow me as I follow after Christ. Um, yes. Because that's that's what my desire is, is that my life points you to his glory, because my life would be nothing without his blood and, and the covering that he's given me, man. Yes. Yes. Hey, man, Big Drake, praying blessings and traveling grace over you, man, up to the conference. I want to I want to also play pray that this year uh, at the conference, uh, I, I pray that your God's 2020 vision for you comes into better clarity for you over this weekend and that the interactions and the connections and the conversations you have this weekend right here mm. allows you to better see exactly what the plan is that the Lord has had for you this time. Um, I'm Amen. not, I, I just believe that God is, he is keeping you at the cusp. Uh, and so the only thing I ask for him is now to let you peek into what that plan starts to look like. Uh, so that you are able to continue to push on, which I know you're going to do anyway, man. Amen, brother. I appreciate that. Thank Family, you. we love you, man. Tune back in. We'll give you the recap of the college football champion national championship next week. We'll start talking about – we'll have the divisional uh, championships going on. We'll give you our predictions for the Super Bowl. Uh, and, and eventually, as football season winds down, we'll start introducing a little bit more and give you our opinions on the, the landscape of the NBA so that we can transition. This is not just a college football show. This is a sports show. We talk about Correct. everything except for baseball and hockey. So <laughs> – <laughs> Made Men family, we love you. Stay blessed, man. Stay up. We're going to pull that question out there on the Instagram. Give us some feedback. Tell us what y'all. Share the show. Tell somebody to come follow us. Follow us. Like us. You can get us on any platform that you get your podcast on. Uh, please make sure to hit that like button, man, and that follow button. Hey, we love you, man. We'll catch you next week. Peace. Hey, Dad. Hey, what's up, Sonny? 
tell us the gospel again? <laughs> of course I can. All right, you guys take a seat. But this time, start all the way from the beginning. All right, I'll start all the way at the beginning, just for you, at Genesis. You ready? Okay. God created man and gave him his commandment. Sat him in his garden with everything he planted. Said, this is all yours, son. One that you can have it. All except for this one, because that one's just for daddy. The devil steps up in it right away with his deception. Said, you can be a god if you just taste it. It's amazing. You won't die. God's alive. Throwing shade in his direction. That small seed of doubt forms a change in his perception. See, if he had nothing, he'd appreciate that one thing. God gave him everything, but he's focused on that one tree. Sin is here, and his fear, he covered up in here. He covered up in leaves, God covered him with skin. Hold that thought, let's fast forward to Abel and Cain. Two brothers in the same field, playing they lames. See, Cain tended the ground, Abel tended the sheep. Both made an offer to God, but Cain's fell incomplete. Now put a pin in that, let's hit the Passover down in Egypt. When God hears the cries of them beating down his people. Israel's enslaved, Pharaoh saying they ain't leaving. Moses tells him God said it, but he still ain't want to free him. So God tells Moses, here's the plan, pay attention. Tell my people, they gon' need a lamb without a blemish. One day you gon' get it, but for now, you just kill it, take it home, smear its blood on the doorpost of the entrance. See, Israel's my firstborn, and Israel's been taken. If he don't let my son go, his son ain't gon' make it. The penalty is death, and I'm coming for the payment. Those covered in that blood will be the only ones escaping. Now let's go back to Abraham, mobbing with his son Isaac. Faith isn't faith until it's tested, so God tries him. Said, I know how much you love your son, go and sacrifice him. So Abe walks him up the mountain, straps him down, and ties him. He doesn't really understand it, but he has faith. He know that God's good, so it's commanded he's grabbing his blade. As he goes to stab him, the Lord yells, wait! He looks over, and God sent the lamb in his place. Let's take a quick pause now before we get to Jesus cause none of this will click until you see just why we need him the word of God says the wages for sin is death so if sin is how you work then death should be the check there can be no forgiveness without the shedding of blood the penalty must be paid if God is a righteous judge we say just let it slide but if someone killed your cousin would you call that judge righteous if his killer goes unpunished or would you call him crooked and we know the Lord ain't that so there's a death penalty and someone has to pay that the moment that you sin your life has been indebted and his mercy is the only reason he ain't yet collected so that's why they would sacrifice lambs in their places but it didn't clear the debt it was just a partial payment now we gonna take a recap and see the Lord working nothing was an accident it all has a purpose now back to the beginning at the fall man sins tries to fix it on his own God covers him with skins but it never says what animal he's getting it from all we know is to cover man he shed innocent blood now remember Cain and Abel Cain's offer was rejected you ever wonder why Abel's offer was accepted all I know is Cain offered the work of his hands Abel tended the sheep so he must have offered a lamb now look at Abraham and Isaac are you seeing it now a ram in the bush sent to take the place of his child because Abraham had faith enough to give up his son God would later do the same so the forgiveness would come back to the Passover oh man here we go with that lamb again the innocent blood of a lamb is covering man again you don't see the pattern or get what it means 
Then it all becomes clear when Jesus steps on the scene. I am the Alpha and Omega, the beginning and end. I am the Lamb without blemish, sacrifice for your sin. The Lamb of God without sin, little children understand. You can't do it on your own, it is me who covers man. I'm the one who took your place when death lifted up his hand. Gave you righteousness for faith. You're the one who broke the law, but it was I he sent to pay. Gave my life for those who hate me, I went quietly and I ain't even try to beat the case. I'm the offer he accepts when your works get rejected. I'm the one who pleads your case before the judge in heaven. Knew that you were guilty, but loved you enough to serve your sentence. The wages for sin is death. I died to expunge your record. See, I am the Passover. The wrath of God is waiting. Every life not covered by the blood to be taken. I'm the way, the truth, the life, and I will always be. I am, I am. Beloved, it was always me.